everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you take in my podcast. I appreciate it. So please tell an enemy, coworker, friend, tell somebody about the podcast. Um, yeah, glad to be here. If you're new, welcome. This is the podcast. If you're new from Facebook, welcome. I'm Chris Allen, comic, father, veteran. Just a guy trying to figure out who the fuck I am. This is my podcast. It's about 20, 30 minutes. I'm talking about uh, my different experiences for the week, news, pop culture. If I'm on the road, I'll talk about my uh, my, uh, my my time on the road. I was recently in St. Louis. I'll get to that. And I like to talk about my son. And I'll jump right in. For those who don't know, we have a 9-year-old, soon-to-be 10-year-old son. His name is Miles. And I like to talk about the different things that he's into. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. And sometimes it's nothing. Um, this week, I just want to say I'm proud of him. He had He's had some dental issues going on for a while. We were finally able to get all that settled, uh, figured out. He got a last-minute appointment, and he had some teeth pulled and got rid of some, you know, uh, some bad teeth there. It was a little rough for him. My wife said he had to be sedated, and he was. she said it took four of them to hold him down. But eventually he got through it. Uh, the surgery went fine. He's okay, and uh, he feels a lot better about everything. So I'm just proud of him. He he got through it. It was a little shaky, but I'm proud of him. We're on the we're on the back end of it. He's recovered fine. I know he was worried about it. He was scared, and uh, I mean, what can we, what can you really expect from a nine year old? I would be terrified. I'm at a point where I don't even like going to the dentist anymore. And I was never really a person that was uh, afraid of the dentist, but I I gotta say, as of recently. Not a, not a fan. There you go. Probably should have done that beforehand. Tie the old hair up. Um, shit. Uh, I gotta say, man, just dealing with this, I, I I'm really just sick of insurance companies. I mean, they, I feel like they purposely make this shit confusing, right? They send you, they'll send you a bill knowing that the insurance company has already paid it or is gonna be covered. Or when you get there, they say, "Oh, the the insurance they they don't cover this these type of appointments." You know, you you like I've done this several times. You will get a bill, it's like, "Hey, you owe us fifty bucks. You owe us two hundred thirty bucks, or whatever." And uh, from an appointment three, four weeks ago, a month, two months ago, and you go, you call, go, "Hey, what's up with this bill?" Oh, well, let me do some research. Oh, yeah, it looks like the insurance paid that about a month ago, and it's just like, then why are you feeling sending me a full on bill? For this shit. And I think it's because they know people get worried. They get scared. They see a bill. And they know there's a small percentage of people who are going to pay that shit. I can't even imagine how many times doctor's offices get paid triple. and They get double and triple payments from people. Because they know that it's confusing. And I don't think they're ever going to call you and go, oh, my bad. You paid us twice for for this root canal. No, they're going to keep that fucking money. And guess what? Your doctor's going to get another fucking jet ski, all right? His wife is going to get another lip injection, right? He's got to get his his uh, 18-year-old daughter new titties. He's got to pay for his son's uh, <laughs> criminal defense lawyer. And guess what? They're using your extra root canal money for that shit, all right? This motherfucker using his double money to pay for OnlyFans and shit so his wife don't find out. 
It's bullshit, man. They make that shit so confusing on purpose. That's what they want you to do. They want you to pay two and three times. They want you afraid. They fucking lying to you. It's all a, it's all a scam, man. It's all a goddamn scam. It's all a scam. <laughs> the whole thing. Like I was talking to somebody this, this past weekend, this uh, comic named Randy, and like he used to be a finance guy. Now he's a he's a, a, a working comic, but he said he used to work Wall Street. And you hear people always talking about how like uh, uh, we got we got to move away from our emotions. People are so emotional. But when he really explained the stock market, it's just like he was saying it's all based on our emotions. That's all. That our our economy is based on emotions. If some guy wakes up scared of some shit and starts selling off pieces of his company or pieces of his portfolio, it's going to scare other people and they're going to start selling shit. Or if some guy feels good, you know what, I think we'll buy this. If he's big enough, that can affect the whole market. People get scared, people get excited, people get greedy, and it's all based on our emotion. And like we literally are paying more and less for shit all because some white dude got up that day and he was either sad, scared, or mad. I mean, to think that, like, white people are fighting in Ukraine, now I gotta, it costs me more to get fucking cookies? <laughs> really? You don't think there's any uh, privilege in that shit where some white girl in uh, Ukraine get her gets her legs blown off while she's riding her tricycle? Now, all of a sudden, it's gonna cost me $75 to fill up my car. <laughs> it's just it's just wild that we just we just created this entire just convoluted web of bullshit that is now interdependent on each other and it has nothing to do with anything. And to go back to the insurance company, they weren't paying for one thing because the lady goes, Oh shit, we saw that uh your wife had insurance and you know, um you know, uh, her birthday is before yours, so we were going to use her insurance, but it looks like it won't cover it, so you're going to have to pay out of pocket. I go, first of all, who even told you my wife had insurance? I was like, this has never come up. I was like, we've never, ever had to use my wife's dental insurance, ever. It's never been a thing. So for y'all to even say that she has it, I, where did y'all get that information? And I was like, and... I was just like, you see that I have dental coverage, but you're going to use hers because her birthday is before my, I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Why? I go, y'all just picked that because you know it's not going to pay out. That's why you picked that one. Because you figure you can get a, a few extra dollars. Long story short, we got it settled. My wife doesn't even have that insurance anymore. I mean, they they just find these random ad, uh, things to you, uh, use as a as a as a discriminator or some type of oh you didn't read the, the fine print we're gonna use why the birthday no you, if you see somebody with two policies you're gonna go man well this one's gonna pay so we need to find some weird rule rule to make his or her insurance ineligible and we're gonna use this shittier one so we can charge y'all more. That's why a part of me wishes this whole fucking country would just go down in flames. <laughs> it's like we, we've created this world for ourselves. It's crazy. Ah, it's, it's so fucking annoying. It's so annoying. But I'm proud of him. He got that done. I hate insurance companies. And uh, I, um, 
I'm back off of a, a trip a trip from uh St. Louis, Missouri. Uh very, very special weekend. It was my first weekend headlining a a, a actual like a, a club club in a city where I knew absolutely nobody. And I can't lie, I was very I was very nervous, but I was excited. Uh overall I had a good time. But I'll get into more exact in, in a second here. But I had a great time and um I got to say this. We have to remember why we got into things. You know, uh, this is exactly what I wanted. I remember when I first started doing comedy, I remember seeing all these dudes on the road. Remember, like, I can't wait to be that guy. And here I am, 13 years later, getting on a plane to go tell jokes at St. Louis Helium. And my hotel is paid for. I mean, that's exactly what I thought was making it when I started. You know, if, I, I, if you told the two, three-year comic, me that I was doing this I wouldn't even believe it I remember just not even understanding how to get paid doing this shit like just looking at comics like how do you even make money doing this and throughout the years of like trying to make it and and, and getting uh better at this we do get sidetracked we we forget why we got into this you know, the more we know, the more we want, we start looking at other people, we start getting jealous, we start getting uh, bitter, and we really forget about uh, our original journey. We forget about that that original vision, you know, because it doesn't look exactly how we thought it was when we when we finally get there. But uh, I, I'm, I was so excited. I mean, this, this club will forever be cemented in my mind as something special just because it was the first time that I've, I've gotten to do this. It was in the garage. It was a nice room, kind of a loungy field. And uh, it really just lets you know where you are because I've gotten spoiled. I've done these theaters, these full rooms with Norman, you know, three, 400 people every show. And I had to tell myself, hey, remember when you first started working with him, when he was first working these clubs? They were paper rooms. You know, we've done the Fridays and Saturday night where the first tier is 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 uh is the only one that's open, you know, 60, 70 people. And I have to tell myself, this is my time now. You know, so it's like, but now I have the 13 years of experiences of bar shows, big shows, small shows, bombing, killing all of that to like help me build what I have. Because now I kind of feel like I have to start over as a headliner. Now it's, it's almost like, start. yeah, I'm starting off with nothing. Before I had no jokes. Now it's like, all right, now I you really don't have an audience or fans. It's like, you know what you're doing, but now you kind of go back. You got to go back to these rooms that don't have a lot of people where you're going to struggle. But now you know how to bomb. Now you know how to do that shit with grace. But here's the the, the crux of that. It's just like throughout that time, you get used to doing well, having great sets. And honestly, uh, if you get comfortable, you don't bomb. it. When you get good, you don't bomb as much because you're doing uh, the stuff you know works at the clubs that you want to do well in, and you kind of leave the bombing to like the smaller, shittier shows. And in some cases, some people don't even take those risks anymore. They just got to do well every time. But starting off as a new headliner, it's just bringing that all back of like, oh yeah, no one, no one here wants to see you. Just like when you first started, when you couldn't get five people to come see you at an at a bringer show. Now I can't get five people to come see me out of state.
But I had a great time, man. So I, I get up uh, early Friday, head out. Uh, I can't even complain, man. The, the, the trip there was fine. I had no issues at the airport. Uh, I get there around 10 o'clock. They had a nice uh, hotel for me in Clayton, uh, Missouri. Really nice hotel. And it just so happens one of my uh, best friends and mentor in comedy, uh, Vince Morris, happened to be working the Funny Bone there. And uh, I, I know that I met that guy as soon as I started doing comedy. That, again, is a story in itself. But he's in town with this feature, uh, this kid named Wyatt, from also from Dayton. So we end up meeting up once I get there. We end up going to lunch at this place called Salt and Smoke. Um, it was okay. I gotta be honest. It, it was a nice. It was a nice spot, but the food was wasn't that great. Uh, we met. There was another local comic that came to hang out. Uh, older white dude. He said he'd been doing comedy for like twenty seven years. A cool guy. Um, and we walked around this uh, area near one of the college. I think it's like I forgot the name of the class. We walked around there for a while. Uh, went to a few consignment stores. We went to, um, you know what I noticed? There were quite a few parents dropping their kids off uh, at at college. There's a dorm over near this like little strip of, of bars and, and, and restaurants and, you know, shops. And uh, you just see a lot of parents moving their kids in. And it's just like, I don't, if I had a daughter, I got to be honest, I don't know if I want to set up a room. It's just like you, you, you're going in there, you get to see her, her bed. It's like, yeah, Dad, this is where your daughter's going to be getting pounded for the next two years until she moves out to an apartment. This is this is the, uh, this, the painted center block wall your daughter will have her face smushed into. All right? As she lit in the, uh, <laughs> the point guard from uh, who moved all the way from uh, California. You know, Jamal from Compton. As he's banging your daughter, <laughs> I can't do it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have that vision of those target sheets getting nutted on. Okay, <laughs> man. All these college dudes, y'all, y'all fucking on the same uh, target sheets. Y'all gonna look at these pictures in years? Like, oh yeah, I remember that shower curtain. Everybody had that shower curtain. It's like when you see baby pictures from like like the eighties or nineties. Every kid had like the same hat or y'all wrapped up in the same uh the same color like blanket, whatever. That's 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 gonna be your your generation's version of that. It's like, oh yeah, I fucked on that comforter. Yeah, I know that. Oh god. <laughs> Getting de deflowered is such a weird fucking term. But uh I digress, my bad. So uh but shout out to those kids, man. I just uh, I can't even imagine Go, could you imagine going to college just four years? Just knowing what you know now, if, you, if you've been to college, just think about some of the most stressful times you had. And just imagine, just think about all the shit you go through now and just imagine have, having to do that all over again. Just, just, just pause for a second. And I'm pretty sure some of y'all will go, you know what, I would rather have that term paper due than pay these bills or have my fucking water pump go out. And that's, you know what? You college kids, if you like, especially if you don't have a car or anything like that, you got these fucking papers and shit, dude. Just wait, just wait until you you you're in the thick of your life. You're young, and you and your first water pump go out, <laughs> or you find out what a goddamn serpentine belt is, and you're like, why why is this so bad? What's the other one people used to um the uh, uh what is that the um you got your water pump that would really fuck people. And then a head gasket. 
There, there you go. A head gasket blown when you're 22, when you're broke, will ruin your goddamn summer. Because you're like, why does this cost so much? I mean, as a as a young person figuring out how much shit really costs to be an adult, you just like, if you're worth anything, you start looking at your parents a little bit different after you start seeing what shit really costs, you know? When you start to see like, God damn it, now I see why my dad or my mom was fucking pissed all the time. I, you know, I don't know why they got pissed I broke my glasses. It's just like, well, when you see other shit breaking and then you have a shithead kid who's 10 who won't stop sleeping in his glasses and it's 1990 and glasses aren't, you just can't go out and get a $49 pair of glasses. These motherfuckers going to cost you 300 right? And you're talking to 90 so which is probably like $600. You, you understand why your fucking parents start getting pissed and you're getting cussed out. Because <laughs> you're not making any money and you, you, you're basically just like your money pit. You need books, you need this, new shoes. This ain't good enough. Somebody made fun of me. I can't wear this shirt. I broke my glasses. I lost my phone. Uh, you know, I spilled Kool-Aid on the fucking VCR. All the shit, man. <laughs> All the shit we used to do. When electronics was not, weren't cheap. Our parents should have killed more of us. <laughs> but uh, again, I digress, man. Um, yeah, so just, if you're a costume, enjoy that shit while you can. Because it is fun. I know I'm being a, a kind of a, 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 I'm just fucking around. But it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun time of your life being being young and, and discovering who you are and hanging out with your friends and meeting people and just, just learning about uh, who you are. You know, I, I didn't get that per se. I got it in the military, but I do look back at those times with some fond memories, but there are, there are some things I'm like, man, I would not want to do that shit again. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so we're hanging out uh, in this. I can't think of the, the name of the area where we were, but we're hanging out and uh, we go to this place called Blueberry Hill. It, it's like a bar restaurant. I can't remember the guy who owns it, but he's some local uh, St. Louis uh, legend, you know, mafia uh, related somehow. I've, you know, you know the story. Some guys always tied to the mob or the mafia knows this. But this guy, this place, it has such an eclectic, uh, just, just gathering of collection of toys and and memorabilia. Like uh, it had like he has like all this Michael Michael Jordan stuff, basketball stuff, um, Howdy Doody stuff, uh, Lone Ranger, Simpsons. Uh, if almost any cartoon you can think of from like even like the fifties or radio show from the he has Flintstone stuff, uh, just anything you can think of, old McDonald's stuff, just all these little collectible figurines and and toys and. Uh, posters, cards, uh, just anything you can think of. And I, did, I didn't even see half of it. Didn't even see half of it. And on top of that, this guy, again, I can't remember his name. He He's met every celebrity you can fucking think of in your anybody you can think of. And they're just, they're, they're all over this restaurant. I mean, you can name a person, there's a picture of him. I mean, he, Drake, uh, Bo Diddley, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, Mariah Carey, 
Shaquille O'Neal, Wu Tang, Usher. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of some obscure people. I, I can't even just Abba. I mean, if you can think of like just a random country music star and then some random rap, yes, he has a picture with that person. Uh, it was insane, insane. Beyonce, Jay Z, uh, Bill Clinton, Obama, Maya Angelou. It's just just crazy amounts of people. Ludacris, Mark McGuire. I mean, I'm just naming people. I'm pretty sure I can just Google a celebrity and I can go. I saw that picture. It is wild. And I like I said, I only saw a quarter of this stuff, so I can't even imagine any musician, any actor, any rapper, black, white, Asian. I mean, we're talking fucking uh, Bobby Brown. He had um, James Brown. <laughs> uh, it's just just wild, man. Chris Christopherson, just anything you can think of. Any person you can think of, this guy likely has a picture with them. Insane. Marlon Brando, just crazy shit. And I guess Chuck Berry used to perform there back in the day, and there's a room called the Duck Room. Uh, and I guess that they named it after that because he used to do that duck duck uh, duck walk move down there. And they still do comedy shows down there. But it was really cool, man. I don't know what kind of food they served there. We had ate at the other place, so I didn't, I didn't eat anything there. But uh, just the amount of toys and collectibles and figurines and the pictures and the celebrities. If you're ever in St. Louis, check it out. It's called the uh, Blueberry Hill. I mean, just it was it was wild. It's just one of those local institutions. We went to a cool little... Um, uh, record store. I think it was called uh, Vintage Vinyl. That was really cool. Um, so uh, that Friday night, so we hang out. We do all that kind of stuff. I go back to the hotel, like you know, get ready for the show and uh, get to the club. It's a nice club. Uh, my buddy Jeff Die, who I met years ago, my my boy Brent uh, Brent Ertz used to open for him years ago. Uh, he was in the main room, so it was nice to know another comic there. We get to hang out with him. Super cool, LA dude. He's with his uh, buddy Randy Valero, I think that's his last name, another L.A. guy. Uh, he was the guy I was talking to about the finance stuff. Uh, he, It was just funny because Randy just looks like a, a just a stereotypical kind of meathead dude, you know, from New York. He just looks like a, a I, I'm not going to lie, like just a Jersey Shore uh, kind of douchebag, muscle, muscle head kind of guy. But, I mean, it turns out. One, he's just, he went to Brown, super fucking smart. He just has dumb face. And he even say, he even says that. Went to Brown, worked on Wall Street for a while, did all this shit. Super cool dude, had a great time. Um, as far as my show, MC was this dude, J.B. Buchanan, very cool, very similar to me. Uh, about 40 years old, black dude, loves comedy. Uh, we had some great conversations over the weekend, man. We, me and him, we smoked out a lot. Uh, shout out to, uh, I can't remember his name, but there's a dude who worked at the Helium Comedy Club. Me and JB sitting outside. He come over with some bud, nice handful, and he hands me a backwood. And I go, man, I don't know how to roll these fucking backwoods. He's like, got you. And within like two minutes, this motherfucker rolled the biggest fat wood backwood and just left. So shout out to him. He didn't even smoke with us. He just brought us a big ass, probably like a four gram uh, backwood, gave it to us in this lab. So I got to say, very cool. Uh, the staff there was very, very dope. Me and J JB just hit it up, man. Like I said, we had a lot of cool talks. 
Uh, the feature was this dude named Hari. I would butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to try to say it. Uh, Indian dude, funny dude, smart dude, very cool, him and his girlfriend. First show, not very many people there on Friday because I'm only doing uh, Friday and a Saturday, 8 o'clock. Not very many people there, man. I, I got to be honest. And, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show where get spoiled and you kind of get a false sense of where you are working with people who are way bigger than you, who, who have built that audience, who's, who, who've, who's done that. And uh, it was a little, it was a little like, um, I was a little nervous because I'm like, man, they're spread out. They really didn't seat the room. I, I, I didn't think they were going to like me. And, and that's something I really have to stop doing. I, I have to tell myself, did I really get on the plane and almost literally fly to the middle of the country to do comedy to doubt myself? It's just like, no, man, if you're going to do this, you're going to fucking do it. You can't be fucking doubting yourself. Either you're going to do this shit or you're not going to fucking do this shit. And like the first half was a little, I was asking way too many questions. I was nervous. It was disjointed. But the last 20 minutes, I was really like, fuck this. I'm just going to be myself. It was a lot. It was a lot better. And I noticed whenever I'm not comfortable, I always try to find a wall or a corner to lean on. I stand back further on the stage. And if I if I allow myself, I will begin to self-sabotage and beat myself up and do it from the stage. And I have to tell myself I can't do that. So I, I, I didn't. I had fun. But I also have to tell myself, what do you expect from a crowd that there's there's nine people there? What the fuck do you expect is going to happen? You think you're going to tear the roof off? I mean, some nights it is possible. But in, in, in this case, it's probably not true. So if you can get through, get some laughs, you did fine. And that's what happened. So I just really just, I was, I, I was hard on myself, but I didn't linger on it. I just said, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, so, I, and I told myself, all I can do is really focus on tomorrow. I am not my failures or whatever that my affirmation is. I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not. I'm not going to to own that and sit in it. So Saturday, I'm like, this is a new day. It's a beautiful day. It's a little bit uh, cooler out there. So I'll, I'll get up. I'll watch some Premier League. I go get a smoothie. I'll walk around the area for a little bit. It's a nice little, uh, nice area. Some nice, really big old school houses. And uh, at one point, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see this clip of a little baby talking to uh, Coach K and P about performing at the Grammys in the Grammys at which he was not nominated, even though he had like the highest selling album of the year, he still just was not nominated at all. So I could see how he could take offense to that. And, you know, they were asking him like, Hey man, do you want to, you know, do you at least want to perform? And the way he broke it down was just like, look, I'm going to be performing for my grandmother and all these dudes in the street, motherfuckers that's locked up. They're going to get to see me. He's like, I really can't worry about the people at the Grammys that didn't nominate me. He's like, if anything, I can go in here and perform. And had him like, damn, we really fucked up by not nominating him. But for him to see the bigger picture, for him to go, you know what? I think it's more important for the kids who live in these, the, the areas where I came from, the people that I that I, uh, that I I grew up around, the people that I know that are locked up, that are looking up to me, uh, all the people that I inspire, I think it would be important for them to see me perform at this uh, award show, even though I'm not going to be on it, even though I'm not nominated. I'm sorry. And he did. And I was like, man, you know what? That is that is being mature and seeing the bigger picture, seeing and realizing your position and the role that you play and, and realizing that people are looking to you uh, for, you know, mentorship. They're looking 
to you for guidance and stuff like that. And look, I've always been a fan of a little baby man, but this documentary uh, made me a fan of Dominic Jones. You know, I, I just love how he is with about his career, his business, uh, his family, and making a conscious effort to move uh, his life and his family and his real friends' lives in a, in a more uh, positive direction. You know, and, and I think that's dope. And I mean, that that dude really got it out the mud. I mean, he had nothing. And he said he envisions this, envisioned this for himself. And it's just, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. If you're not a hip-hop fan, I I really recommend you watch this. Because a lot of people act like they, they don't understand where these guys are coming from. They don't know. They don't think that rap is real music. But I think watching something like this, you, you might not become a fan of the music. But I think it will give you some uh, perspective and some admiration for these dudes because you might not understand where they're coming from, but they do have a message and they do speak to millions and millions of people all over the world. People understand. And I thought what I thought was really dope is how when he went on the world tour, they took him to the hoods all over the world. He went to the hoods in the UK and Africa, all over Europe, you know, to see, Hey, this is how poor black people live all around the world. It's like, it may look different. They might sound different, but the struggle is basically the same. And that's why they fuck with him because they, they, they know that feeling. And I, I just really, really enjoyed the documentary. I highly make, recommend y'all check it out. It's called Untrap on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, so that's how that's how I spent my Saturday. And after I watched it, man, I was just like, I got to listen to more Baby. So I listened to a lot more Little Baby. I went on another walk. I really... uh. Uh, sat down with my notes and stuff and I went back to the show that night and I had so much more fun. The show was packed. We had a I had a great time. Um that staff man is one of the is one of the dopest staffs I work with in a long time. Uh, uh mainly black staff. They asked me a lot of questions about where I was from. They wanted to see my family. Just very supportive and I met this cat uh Zach man, sound dude. Uh we really hit it off man and, and uh just had a great time, man. Shout out to this other cat named Smuggy. I gave him a guest spot. He did really well. Uh, so shout out to everybody I met in St. Louis. Shout out to the the, the uh, uh, St. Louis Helium staff. Everybody was cool. Had a great time. JB, Hari, uh, Zach, uh, uh, Jeff, Randy, their MC. I had a great time. Uh, Dan, the manager. Um, I'll be in Richmond September 8th through the 10th with Norman. Uh, I got a quick trip to the city coming up September 21st to the 23rd. And, um, oh, yeah, if you're in the Charlottesville area, this Saturday, Sunday, sorry, this Sunday at the Southern Host Battle, 8 o'clock, 10 bucks, me, Winston, Keaton Ray, uh, Jin Shu, and a couple other D.C. guys. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's try to pack that out. Uh, yeah, so, again, thank you so much for your support. And I'm trying to make sure I didn't forget anything. Nope, I did not. There's a show. That's the show. I'm out. Follow me on all things social media. Oh, yes. Follow my social media. I'm at, I'm on Facebook now. Yeah, I need y'all to follow me on that so I can start monetizing. Follow my Instagram page, uh, my YouTube page. This, I'm trying to get everything up. All right? This is, I got to treat this like a real goddamn job. So uh, help me out. I'll see y'all on the flip side. I'm out. Peace. Thanks.